Welcome to the Maximus Podcast with your hosts, Bobby Maximus and Joe Sabula. We have a very special guest here today, a good friend of ours, Sarah Azari. She's one of the world's best lawyers. The, the world's best lawyer. The world's best lawyer. The first person I'd call if I was facing any type of criminal charge or civil charge for that matter. Uh, she's on TV every two seconds, but we have no interest in talking to you about law today, Sarah. We want to talk to you about the personal training industry because you're also an expert in that industry and an expert from the client perspective. Joe and I were talking about you the other day. You're a person who's literally worked with some of the best trainers in the entire world that you've had access to. And in a day and age where people talk about certifications, uh, they talk about education, their CSCS, their their exercise science degree. You've had on-the-job training or mentorship from the best of the best in the industry, whether that be including you guys, including <laughs> us, but especially, especially us. Tell us, tell us some of the people you've worked with. Like I know you've worked with Don Saladino. <clears throat> Uh, you, you know, we're good friends. Who else have you worked with? Because you've worked with the best of the best. Yeah, I've worked with, I mean, I, I'm i I'm lucky, right? I'm lucky that I had access to um, people like you guys. Um, Brett Bartholomew, who wrote a book on uh, the art of coaching, literally, like because his background is in communications and his degree is in how to listen and process uh, and how that is so important in in training and physical training. You know, um, I've worked with Greg Neely, who's fantastic also in, in L.A. Um, and uh, Don, of course, Don Saladino. Um, you guys, I've been, I, you know, I'm friends with C.T. Fletcher as well, old school. But, you know, I think ultimately for me, you know, I've been in and out of gyms all over the world. Even when I go on vacation, I try to find the best person in the best gym. Um, and that's just my discipline. But, you know, for 20 years that like seriously training in the last two decades. And the reason I really wanted to talk to you guys today was because we had this conversation a few years ago. We sort of started to have this conversation about you know, the type and caliber of people that you run into in the fitness industry that call themselves coaches and trainers, et cetera. And I'm now at a point where I've had a series of new experiences in that realm that really just got me going. And I was, I was texting you, Bobby saying like, Oh my God, we got to talk about this because it's driving me insane. Um, and, and I really didn't want this to be a whining session um, I really want it to be a solution for your for your viewers. So I think that even though we're going to talk about the bullshit, uh, I think we're going to also leave people with some tips on, you know, like how not to fall into those traps, right, that we're going to talk about. So, um, but one thing I want to say, and I think you guys are going to relate to this, you know, we're, we're all sort of like-minded. We have the discipline. We are structured. We eat, probably eat the same thing every day. You know, we we train a certain number of days, certain number of hours. And I've been reading the work of Ryan Holiday. I don't know if you can see this book, yep. this one is uh, the obstacle is the way. But I also read Discipline is Destiny. One of my really good friends, Daniel Robey, just turned me on to this guy. He's a like a modern day philosopher, stoic, you know, uh, guy who writes these books and. You know, when I when I read this, it was in the middle of this whole thing that happened with my training. And I was like, you know what? This obstacle is just an opportunity for me to change what I'm doing, to do it better, do it with a different person and find a solution. Right. And that's what I hope that your viewers get today. 
is like, these are just obstacles you need to be aware of to go around, right? And if you have the discipline and if you have the discipline in the kitchen and the gym, um, you'll make it. It's just that you need to be aware of the bullshit, you know, and avoid it. So that's what I'm hoping to talk to you guys about today. Well, I want to say that can be difficult too, because you mentioned uh, Greg Mielli, who owns Heart and Hustle Gym. Like, it's, yes. it's funny because when, when I was in LA, you can go to that gym and he's the person that Jay-Z calls when he's on tour to have a trainer. Like Greg's one of the most notable trainers in the world, or he's trusted with a multi-million dollar athlete. You can pay him and go to his gym if you have access to him, or you can walk down the street and you can go to whatever big box gym there is, and you can get stuck with a 21-year-old kid who has no clue what he's doing. But for your average for your average well, member of the public, they might not know the difference. Yeah. Right. They don't know the difference. And also, you know, not everyone can afford what, you know, heart and hustle charges, for example. I, you know, I used to train with with Greg, um, but it's it's not so much even. Yeah, he trains um, Adele. Uh, he trains Jay-Z. He trains athlete, tra- trains King James when he's off season. But, you know, I know um, I love Greg. I know what I can get from Greg. What I can get from Greg is strength and conditioning, right? Um, Greg is never going to train me uh, in volume work that bodybuilders do, which is sort of what I'm drawn to right now. You know, that that's, I like physique building, right? That's what I'm into right now. So I don't go to Greg to get that result because I know that's not his thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's not even how much he charges. It's, Everyone has a uh, a style of training. What I don't like is when people, and this is not Greg, this is other people, don't listen. You know, someone shows up, Joe, and says, you know what? I just want to lose weight. I just want to get skinny. I just want to tone my muscles and just kind of stay there, right? That's a different workout yeah. than me going in and saying, I want to get, I want to get more lean mass. I want to build muscle. It's like, it's a different eating it's a different training. And I believe a lot of these people don't, they only know one thing and they execute it on everybody, no matter what it is that their goal is. And so my thing is, is like, if your viewers are watching this, my first thing is figure out what you want to look like, figure out what you want to be, figure out what you want out of your training, right? Because there's a different plan for you and there's a different trainer for you. Right. So like, I don't know, Bobby, you do crazy shit. Like you like jump on, (laughs) I don't know. You jump on like 40 feet boxes. And I'm like, I don't care what that's going to, I don't want to do that. (laughs) I don't want to do that. Right. So like, I'm never going to come to you and be like, don't do that. You know I mean? I know that that is your thing, you know, that's how you work out or your wife is a, a power builder. You know, if I wanted to do power building, I'd be, coming to her. You know what I'm saying? So, and I think people are lost because they're like, so long as I have a trainer, a trainer, you know, like the trainer is going to give me the magic results. And that's just not how it works. Yeah. So let's, know? so let's start there because you're an interesting case to talk to because you're an expert in the fitness industry. Like you've had on the job training with the best. Again, people can have all the certifications in the world, but it doesn't mean they know how to train a person. 
you've been around the block, you've been with the best, you could arguably train people yourself and you could arguably train yourself. So for somebody like you, that's got such a knowledge base, let's start with how do you find a trainer? If you need somebody new, what do you do? Look, in this day and age of social media, right? There's good and bad. The good is someone can start looking and finding people like you, finding people like, you know, Brett, um, but they can also fall into traps because you can make your social media curated in a way that looks really good. And like, you look like you know what you're doing. You look like you can execute and listen and, and, and do what the client needs. But then in person, it doesn't turn out like that, right? But, but there is a power in social media um, in content that makes it easier for people to see. You don't have to call around and be like, do you have a trainer? Do you know somebody? Where can I see what he does? That, you know, you have it at your fingertips on your phone. Huh? You have it on your Instagram. You have it on YouTube. You have it everywhere. So that makes the shopping process, I think, more accessible and easier. But that's then when you have to start doing your homework, you know? Know what you want, number one. You know, know, like, you know, are you trying to just get ready for a wedding? <laughs> or is this now going to be a lifestyle? If it's a lifestyle, what is it you're trying to gain? Are you trying to completely change your body and be a power lifter and compete? Are you trying to do physique competitions? Are you trying to uh, do strength and conditioning, like more of an athletics style type of thing? Because that's going to that's gonna put you on the track of like the, the pool of people that are right for you, mm -hmm. you know? And then my thing is, is literally, and I've done this myself, I go to like people that follow that person. And I message them and I go, it seems like, you know, you're training with this person or you used to train with this person. Cause I see your little clips at the gym with this person. Like, can we talk like, what, what do you like about him? What do you not like about him? What were your goals? Like what, you know, I know it takes time and I know it's, it's a process, but literally like if you're dialed in and if you really want, you know, if you, if you're just trying to waste your money and, you know, be like, Oh, I have a trainer. That's a different story. I'm talking about people that are serious, you know, people that are serious about marrying the right person, you know, in getting to their goals. I would start literally asking people that have trained with that person, asking their peers. Like I've done it with you guys. You know, when I have like had questions about somebody, Hey, do you guys know this guy? Do you think he's the right guy? You know, am I going to get, you know, is this a good fit for me? <laughs> and sometimes it is, and sometimes it isn't. So you, you got to research just with like anything else. Well, even, that's the first step. even there, Sarah, like if you're like, Hey, is this guy right for me? My first question is going to be like, well, what are you trying to get? Right? Like what, yeah. what's your goal? And so I think that that just reiterates, if you know what you want, that's going to make this, this whole search a lot easier. And there, there's a whole nother layer on top of this, which you touched on earlier it's the communication because yes. they could be a fantastic coach, but if they can't communicate with you, it doesn't matter. So you have to have or listen to you. Exactly. Cause that's funny. I was actually talking to my daughter about this just yesterday. Like communication takes three things, right? It takes a messenger. It takes a medium and it takes a receiver. And so if you're, if you're not the right kind of receiver for that message, like it's not going to come through. So if you're, if your trainer is talking to you and he's telling you things and you really don't have any clue what's going on, like, are they really coaching you, right? Have they tried to, have, uh, you mentioned earlier, somebody comes in who's just like, you know, trying to get ready for a wedding, probably has a different communication style than somebody who's trying to win a powerlifting meet anyway. And right. so one coach is probably not right for both. The coach is going to exactly. have a tendency to be able to communicate a certain way, one way or the other. And if you know what you want, then you know kind of the kind of communication that you're going to need. 
You know, is this a coach that's there for, you know, emotional support, a lot of handholding? Is this somebody who's going to be patient with you as you're learning your way through a whole new process? Or is this somebody who's hardcore and is going to hold your feet to the fire and expect you to know these things and execute with minimal motivation? That's a totally like different communication style. And if you're not able to receive it, it, I mean, even if you're swayed by what you see on social media, you see Bobby Maximus working out and you're like, man, this guy's awesome. I love his physique. I love everything about him. I want to be like him but you're not the right person for that kind of training, it's not going to work. It's not going to work out. Bobby's going to feel bad about it. You're going to feel bad about it. Like you got to do due diligence on that. I mean, listen, and then listening by the coach or trainer is very basic, right? Like for yeah. example, um, I've had this happen to me where I've said, listen, I wake up at 4 a.m. I'm, I'm here at 7 a.m. And so by 7 a.m., I have warmed up. I've done my mobility I have gone on a treadmill or I've walked around the block, whatever with my dogs. And they'll be like, still need to go on the treadmill for 10 minutes. It's like, bitch, I'm paying you yeah. 200, 150, whatever it is, right? You're not putting me on the treadmill for 10 minutes because that's what you do with everybody. Like, listen to me. I just told you, I wake up at four. <laughs> yeah. I walk, I warm up. Like, I don't need the treadmill, you know? And it's just very basic, like just completely sort of ignoring what that individual's routine is mm -hmm. and what their needs are. And instead spending a big chunk of, you know, 10 minutes is a couple of movements, right? Yeah. Um, reps, whatever. And so um, that's where it's really, and my, my latest experience that sort of drove me to blow up Bobby's phone was I was working with like, Bobby mentioned, a <laughs> would you say the guy's 27 or something close, close in age. Um, but all due respect, it's not the age. I've also had people in my life who've been young, but, but wise, right. But they just don't have the same amount of experience. They don't have the same number of years. I mean, that's a fact, right. And this individual, um, was a bodybuilder. And so literally did not really know how to write a program because I do a couple of, I, I have a program, but two of the days are my own upper body uh days that i do almost by myself um and and then the three other days i do with a trainer because i do need that extra push on my leg days on my glute days you know i'm not gonna lie to you i have the discipline but i know that if i'm it's number one it's gonna take me twice as long to put the plates on take them off like move over here get that get so I need that assistance. And and, I, and maybe one day, hopefully I'll progress and I don't, but right now I do. So three days I do, you know, with somebody. Well, this person was great for that, even though I, I don't think that his programs were, when you look at a program, you can tell if someone knows how to write a program or not. I don't think that he did, but it was enough of a guide for me and it was volume work. But it came to a point where during the session, he was posting instrument, literally he did not have an assistant, so I know he was the one posting because I would leave the gym. I'd be like, oh, that's during my session. Okay. Mm -hmm. He was posting content. Then he would, he was prepping for, for shows. Uh, he was doing like, he was trying to, he's trying to get to Olympia. So he was prepping. So he, whatever, you know, the water intake, the supplements, whatever I'll say, uh, whatever it is that happens to your body right before a show. He would be in the bathroom peeing every, every 10 minutes for a long time. And I was like, wait a second. I just spent my entire session and I saw this guy for maybe 10 minutes, you know? Mm -hmm. And then he, 
uh, and most of his clients were like me, you know, they're, they're like women who want to build their bodies, you know, actually I'm probably the only one that didn't compete, but all of them were competing, you know, and he literally like dumped all of us and said, he's moving to San Diego. We're like, when he's like end of this week. And I'm like, okay, well, were you going to get, get somebody for us? Like, were you going to yeah. give us some notice? Like, so my problem is also with the lack of accountability with the lack of reliability. And I believe that somebody who's out there coaching people that are serious about their fitness, not people like, you know, for a wedding, but like people that really yeah. want to change their lives is that, you know, if I wake up one morning and I decide, you know what, Joe, I don't feel, I don't feel good. I'm not coming in. You're still going to charge me because it's the time that you reserved for me and yeah. I will pay you because that's the right thing to do. But then when, when you want to dodge and go about your life, there's just zero accountability. Like, it's amazing to me. I'm like, do I do that to a client? Like, yeah. do I just, I have problems with a client. I need to get rid of the case. There's ways I, I never leave them out and dry. You know yeah. what I mean? I don't do well, this that. Is just, like, just basic professionalism, right? It's just yeah. holding yourself to a, to a professional standard and holding your clients to that standard as well. And as a client, holding your coach to a professional standard, like, why should it be different? Why should it be different than making a doctor's appointment? You wouldn't do that to a doctor and a doctor wouldn't do that to a, to a patient. Like it that's, should that's not be the different. Issue is that I think everyone's doing it for money. Mm-hmm. And we all know that if you're doing something only for money, there's problems. You have to be doing it because you actually enjoy doing it. Yeah. If you don't enjoy being in a gym with a client, do something else with fitness. Mm-hmm. There's tons of things you can do, you know, yeah. um, but don't be in there with a client because that's a responsibility. And so how do I, as a, you mentioned me and like the fit, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a professional fitness person like you guys, but I'm a professional client. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm a professional fitness client because I've been doing this for a long time. And aside from that research and everything, you're going to laugh at this, but I literally tell the person, a new person that I connect with, I go, I'm going to pay you for the hour, like, you know, your time. Can we go have coffee like near the gym? It has nothing to do with you know, your style or whatever. Mm-hmm. I want to have a conversation with you. And because they're so about money, 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 money. I'm like, I'll pay for your time to have coffee with you. Okay. Let's go sit and talk. And I literally do this little powwow. Here are my goals. Here's my schedule. Here's what I like. I don't go on the treadmill. I've already done that in the morning. Like literally like I spell everything out and listen, you can think I'm nuts. It's okay. <laughs> but that's what I, I feel like I need that because if I start and I go in and there, that that basic conversation has not taken place, all kinds of shit happens. Like, do you, you, do know? you do that as a lawyer with a client? Will you sit down and just lay out like kind of here's the deal? You're hiring me. Here's what I'm going to be doing. Here's the reasonable oh, yeah. expectation. Ask so, me for that. Yeah. And so it makes perfect sense. Again, why should it be any different? Because it's a fitness situation. Why should the standards be lax? Like you deserve that you're paying for that session. And especially for a trainer who's, you know, charging good money for that. I I feel like that's a reasonable expectation. It's a consultation, right? It's a consultation. Exactly. But in, in your world, and I am, I'm totally fine with it in your world. You know, it's your, it's your, it's their time. They want to get paid for it. And I'm fine paying for it. But to me, it's worth paying for that hour of having coffee and talking outside the gym and sort of setting 
these ground rules. I also want to know about their rules, right? Mm-hmm. Like they might say, I have a 48 hour cancellation policy. I um, don't do this. I only do this. You know, it's about being candid, yeah. being candid about what you offer and me being candid about what I need. And if there's a fit, we work together. And if there isn't, we go out our way. You know, I've just found that that is productive. And I, and I, that's what I want your viewers to know. That sounds retarded. I'm sorry. I know it sounds like a lot, right? But it's worth it because you don't want to be going in thinking that you're not really putting your mind into changing your lifestyle, being disciplined, getting results, and then being disappointed because you're with the wrong person. Or, or because you just, you never set appropriate boundaries. You had no clear and reasonable expectations right? Yeah. You didn't know what the rules were. So you end up in that that position where just like uh, any interpersonal relationship, you just get yeah. awkward, because like, you're kind of yeah. upset about something, but you don't really want to say anything because you didn't really say that that was against the rules. And it's like, just have that conversation up front. Now you yeah. know what what you're paying for, they know what they're getting, like everything is clear. And if there's an, an issue, again, this just helps communication between you mm-hmm. and a coach. And if they're not open to that, mm-hmm. guess what, they're not a good coach. And I think that, you know, we talked about this um, first time we did the po- your podcast was um, the jack of all trades, you know, the trainer that will do your food prep and write your program and train you in the gym and do your supplements. And, and it's like, like, okay, you know, I don't go to a orthopedic surgeon for my heart, right? I go, everyone has a specialty. So all of us right now can write out a basic meal plan depending on what the person's like goals are, right? If they're trying to lean out or build or whatever, like to some extent we can, we can do that. And we can, I don't know, Bobby can push us. What, what's that steak thing you sponsor? Oh, I, I got all kinds of meat sponsors. I just Yeah. The steak that you, you, you're always like my mouth waters every time I see it, but um, you know, like you could throw that in there. I mean, you know, but like if someone has a, a particular, like, for example, like I found out this is not too long ago during COVID that I actually uh, burn fat. Uh, this is based on my VO2 test and my resting metabolic um, RMR test. Um, I found out that I burn fat at a slow, steady rate. So jogging and running and hiking and all that work, like my heart rate shoots up is actually not, does not work for me. What works for me is a 40 minute slow walk, like Lance Armstrong does this sort of uh, training. Right. And so my point is, is like, what's good for someone else may not be good for my body. Right. So Um, I just think that people who really are serious about being fit, uh, eating right, being well, they need to seek a plan that is specialized. And that means going to different people for different needs, you know, um, not getting your supplements from your trainer, (laughs) you know, I mean, he could definitely give you feedback on it, but I I don't know that that's the right person. Maybe your nutritionist is the right person, you know, um, but anyway, that's, um, I, I don't want to be, like I said, every obstacle is an opportunity. And I've been looking at this as an obstacle. I've met somebody that I'm going to try out next week. So I'm fingers crossed, like, you know, I'll be on a path. He can only do two days, which look, I'm looking at that, like, okay, get your ass in. You were doing three days. Now do two days and do the other three days on your own. Like it's mm-hmm. pushing me right to, to try to change 
in a way. Right. And I still have the two days with them. So hopefully it'll work out. But like, I really didn't want to bitch about this. I really wanted to be able to say that, first of all, like know what your goal is, then look for the person. Use social media as a tool. That's where it's positive. Right. And then start looking and snooping at who is using them and researching. And if you know other people in the field, if you have a nutritionist you trust or some other professional, ask them because their clients know, you know, that work with those other people. That's a good way of figuring out who's right. And then test them out, interview them, do that one hour consultation, Mm -hmm. Um, communicate, say what you want and say what you don't like and listen to what they have to say about that. Because then you can gauge whether the, if the person's really resistant and is like, oh, I know that, but you still I still want you to do the burpees and uh, the Turkish, you know, get up. So it's like, no, that's kind of not my program. So I want to interrupt you on that note. How does somebody like you deal with intimidation and ego? Because, and I'm going to set this up here. I look at you as a dream client. A, you have money. So I'm not worried about you being flaky and canceling in and out. Two, you have a new, like a huge knowledge base. So everything I'm going to tell you, you're going to understand, you're going to get, you're going to be able to execute. You do stuff on your own. You don't have an issue with dedication. You've got an incredible physique. Like all the things that I want in a trainee, you have. But I'm kind of a different person. Yeah. From a younger person that doesn't have the experience that I have, maybe. Now they're dealing with a client who maybe knows more than them, who has worked with trainers they look up to and is really self-directed, that can be intimidating. And their ego gets in the way when it's like, well, I want you to do this. And you're like, well, no, this works better. How do you deal with those things? Well, here's the thing. I think I think uh, some of that is perception. I think people, um, people that have confidence don't get intimidated. But that confidence comes with experience. So you're right. Right. Um, but I tried to like with the person that I was saying just decided to move and was like, you know, in the bathroom the whole time. It, it, of course, I was I toned it down with him and I really looked at him as someone who was just helping me, pushing me um, and just, you know, that's it. Like my expectations were were gauged. OK, mm-hmm. uh, but but I think that it that's where you realize whether you're you know, aligned or not. Like that's where, um, this person that I'm going to start working with, um, it's not ideal because I got to drive a little further. Um, it's a gold's gym that I have to go to, which I'm not a fan of. Um, but it's a trade-off because he is older. He's in his forties. Um, he used to be a bodybuilder. He works for ESPN. Now he's around athletes. Like I feel like I'm, by the way, you're also spending time with this person. You don't want to spend time with an asshole. I don't care how good they are or how, <laughs> right? Yeah. And for me, I start early in the morning. I don't want to start my day with an asshole, right? So it's like, so, um, you know, like I know that, like you said, Bobby, like I know that I can communicate with him without being, without being concerned that he's going to be offended or like he has an ego and he doesn't understand. Like, you know, I'm, I'm respectful in the way I communicate, but I make, make sure that the person knows, like I, I wasn't born yesterday. Yeah. I, I, I know what I need. You know, I'm just being frank. There's a difference between being, I guess I'm very frank, but, but I try not to be disrespectful because it's, it does, you know, it's just a matter of, 
listen, if someone came to me, I always think like, you're like, I'm your dream client. I would appreciate somebody that to some degree is not an amateur mm-hmm. that I don't have to, I don't have to like spend that much time on that learning curve because we're kind of talking the same language. I think it should be good for the trainer. They should be grateful that they have somebody like that as opposed to, right? Like, well, it's like, you would like think I, my business. I like when my clients, um, it's sometimes easier when they've been arrested before and they've had cases before because they know, you know, and I, I like they, they have expectations that are gauged and they know what I'm talking about. Someone who's never been in the system, sometimes it's harder to manage because, you know, I have to kind of educate them and, right. and set the expectations. So um, I think that it's like any other relationship. It's like you're spending time with the person. You have to communicate with the person. You have to trust the person. You have to know that they're fit for you. And, and otherwise it doesn't work, you know? Well, I, I think we need to flip that around though, too, because you have to value this process. You know, there, there's a certain element of you get what you pay for with a trainer as well. So if you're like, hey, I want my trainer to be like, you know, certified and professional and timely and have, you know, clear professional boundaries. Uh, don't go out and think that you're going to get that for 20 bucks an hour. No. You know, and it, and it's like if you're if that's all that you're willing to spend, well, then how important is all that other stuff? Like how important is but this process to you? That's overall? why Joe, I believe in now with you guys do this, too. Like You've got the online programs and online coaching, and all that. I believe that um, ideally you you want a hybrid. Mm-hmm. You want a hybrid where um, you work with somebody one on one to the extent you can afford it. But don't be like, OK, well, I can only afford one or two days a week. So that's all I'm going to do. No, you, you got to put in more work, right? The more work you put in, the more results you get. But you do the rest maybe online or you mm-hmm. do the rest on own after you've learned your form and you know you've been corrected and all that stuff because most people can't afford to do one-on-one with the right right person you know at the right price right most people can't do that but that doesn't mean you go well fuck it like that then i'm you know i'll do what i can afford because no what you can afford is you know is different than like the monetary yeah uh, well and again like you're you're driven and you know what you want and so it's it's easier for you to to be able to demand something out of a trainer when you when you go into that contract when you go into that relationship for somebody who maybe isn't so sure like they know that fitness is important they know that they don't know a whole lot about it they have no experience in the field um they're kind of taking this like i'm going to wade into it and i think what what i take away from what you just said was don't wade into it two days a week like plan on doing this stuff Every day, make make fitness a really valuable, important part of your life and then utilize the coach when you have access to them. And yes. the rest of the time, there's other tools and that allows you to play, to figure things out, to, to come I mean, up look, with the right go, questions to ask. I mean, just like what I'm doing right now, it's not because of, I mean, he only has two days and yeah. I wanted three days. So whatever, I'll take the two days and I'll add the other day to my solo days. Um, I'm making it work. I work out five days a week. And I have two rest days where I still do my walks and stuff. I'm doing my cardio, but, um, but I don't, I'm not in the gym. And so what I'm doing is I'm, this is somebody that I researched that I realized knows how to write a program, the program that I need for my goals. So I'm giving it a shot. So I'm doing the two days that are heavy leg days with him doing a third leg day on my own and my upper days on my own. And I'll see how that works and I'll definitely see how that works on my body. Right. And, um, and if it works, I'll continue. If not, I'll adjust, but 
there, there, these, this is not, you know, this is not like the 1980s where we were wearing headbands and doing step aerobics <laughs> and we could afford to go to the gym, right? Everything has changed. And from your perspective and in your industry, you also have to make the biggest bang on your buck, right? Yeah. You, you want to put your time into like, you know, it's, when I was saying earlier that they don't care, they're only doing it for money. That's not to say that we all want to get, make the most money out of the time that we put in. So that's understandable too. But there is this, I think there's this like happy spot, this hybrid where you could provide your clients with in-person direction because that is necessary, especially when someone's starting out and, and, and then continue to do more for more people through online. Um, and I think that can work for a lot of people, but still, you still need the right person because the person even more so, because the person needs to know how to write a program for you, yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. So, so, and, and funny because I've had somebody say, this is somebody that stepped in in between two people was like, well, I have these programs on my site. They're 29 bucks a month. And I was like, okay, but those are, I mean, these are like predominantly women that you train who only want a big ass that those were his clients. They did not want to do any bench press. They didn't want to do any shoulder press. I mean, they only wanted to work on their glutes and, and maybe, you know, maybe their legs. But, um, and I said, I don't want that program. So that's not for me, you know? So my point is you still need to know what you're doing and customize it. Right. For, for people. Um, the, the, the Joe was mentioning, um, the CSCS and the, the, you know, the credentials and all that. But even with that, I think, cause I've had, um, and you know, this person, Bobby, I had somebody who was, who had all that and clear, clearly was very um, knowledgeable about, you know, mobility and functional training and all that. I didn't want functional training. And my body was not responding the way I wanted it to during that whole time that I trained with him. And he too decided to leave and do something completely different and just kind of dumped everybody. Right. So again, there's some basic skills that are not even fitness specific. They're just like Joe said, like basic professionalism, mm -hmm. basic communication, basic listening, you know, and um, that, that just, I think, goes across all platforms, all, all industries. Um, so I think that people need to set goals, be disciplined in the kitchen and about their wellness and their fitness, and then really use social media and use word of mouth, use other professionals in their lives to pinpoint uh, candidates and then mm -hmm. literally interview them. Like you'd interview a babysitter, like you'd interview, you know, a lawyer. Yeah. You know, see who the right fit is, because I think people are just like, oh, your ass looks cute. Who, who, who are you training with? <laughs> I'm going to go to that guy. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. You know? So I, I want to wrap this podcast up with a question and I'm going to preface it with, with law. I think there's a higher degree of professionalism or at least a standard that's maintained because to be a lawyer, you have to went to law school somewhere. You have to pass a bar exam and you're held to some type of ethics standard. Like, correct me if I'm wrong, but there are certain things that if you do, you get your license taken away. People can report you. You yes. can search all this on the internet. Like, it's not hard for me to do a background check. Like, I'm facing a murder charge to Google Sarah Zari and say, like, hey, is this the person for the job? 
I can right. find everything I need to know about you with training. It's not like that because you don't have to have a certification or you could have all the certifications in the world. There's no right. professional bar that's going to, you could have the worst trainer in the world. They could just quit that gym and go to another gym and you have no idea. So with all that in mind, uh, we'll start with the positive. What are the top three things that you would look for in a trainer if you're looking for one? Experience in the realm that I, in, in the specific genre, if you will, of fitness that I'm interested in for me, because I've already set the ability to listen and communicate okay. and um, not have the biggest ego. Okay. So because uh, the ego gets in the way. <laughs> Always. Yeah. No, for sure. Because it's, I, I, you're going to do what I want you to do, which yeah. may not be the smartest thing, right? Nobody knows their body better than you. Conversely, what are your three biggest red flags? Cause you've told me some horror stories. <laughs> you're working with people, the three biggest red flags. And if you're someone out there and this happens, you got to, the pin on this person yeah i mean uh, one red flag is when i look around and i see people um pushing a client to to lift heavier weight their form is gone there i could see them hurting their back literally <clears throat> and um and the trainer is like keep going keep going you know heavy weight bad form and i go you clearly are not you, you clearly don't know what's happening what you're doing right and that that really upsets me because I know how horrible it is to be injured and you know what a setback that is. And I, and I just like, I'm like, Oh my God, I can't believe this guy's. So that really gets under my skin. That's a big red flag. Um, another red flag is um, um, to be honest, you know, sometimes when people charge too little, mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I mean, listen, I've had good trainers that have charged fairly that could have probably charged more, but if it's something really outrageously low, I know that that's probably not the right person. Um, and they're sort of getting their foot in the door. They're trying to get experience and I'm probably a guinea pig. I'm not really getting what yeah, I need from yeah. this person. The, the third thing I think is um, just somebody who's very resistant, you know, that doesn't want to listen to what I need and listen, to, you know, doesn't want to um, execute something that is right for me. Because like, like Bobby said, like, I know best what, 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 what I want. Like, and what my body, like what my limitations are, what my body responds to, you know, um, my biggest pet peeve as a woman is traps, right? I know, I know what makes my traps big. It doesn't take a genius. You know, anytime your grip is closer and you're lifting, your traps are moving, right? And it's like, they argue with me. They're like, no, that does not get your traps. And I'm like, no, it does, you know? And it's like, that resistance is funny to me. I'm like, what woman wants big ass traps? I, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I want she other Hulk. things. To be she Hulk. That's trapped. an easy one. She's a lawyer too. <laughs> the she Hulk. <laughs> she Hulk yeah. I'm like, no, the, the bulk I want elsewhere. Not, yeah. not up here. <laughs> well, and I'm, I'm, I'm really glad you mentioned price. Cause I always use DJ Khaled as an example for this. Yeah. If you were to hire DJ Khaled as your music producer, you're going to come up with a theme song for your show. How much do you think a guy like that costs? He works with Jay-Z. He works with Drake. He works with Nas. He's not going to be charging you a hundred bucks. Yeah. Now let's yeah. take it to the, the DJ Khaled, if you will, of the legal world. If I want to hire Sarah Azari to get me off a murder charge. And I said, Hey, Sarah, what do you cost? If you said you were 50 bucks an hour, I'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about right now? <laughs> like, how are you? 
Well, but you're my friend. I get it. If I didn't know you, I'm imagining your rates for the public are like not 50 bucks an hour. So it's the same right. thing when you pitch your price. If and you take it the other way, if DJ Khaled called me and he said, hey, you're in men's health all the time. I want to hire you. If I yeah. said, oh, I'm like 25 bucks an hour, I think he'd be turned off. by like, what yeah. the hell? What I thought you were the best. Yeah. I thought you were in men's yeah. health all the time. There's a certain thing you 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 pay for what you get. And if you go to a gold's gym and you hire a 21 year old named Stan for 59 bucks an hour, <laughs> like I. Huck, I don't know what you're gonna get. And it's but, but Bobby, there are there are also the audacious people that definitely don't have the experience and are worth fifty dollars an hour, but they're audacious enough to charge two fifty yeah. an hour. Well, that, that right? that's a thing, right? Of like, you know, and I, they, I they charge go out my work. That because they think, you know what? This way, people think I'm worth it, and mm-hmm. I, you know, even if I dupe two or three people, I'm still making two fifty an hour off of them. So you got to be careful with those people too, but that's easy to spot. I think you start looking at people and, and listen, it's um, social media is also bad because not everyone's great. Like I'm horrible at like putting content up and not everyone's great at showcasing everything in a way that really sends a truthful message about who you are, what your record is like, and you know, Mm -hmm. history, but but, you know, to the extent you can rely on that, I think you, know, you start looking at this 250 an hour guy and he looks like he's 25. And, you know, uh, two years ago, there's a graduation picture that he graduated from the Navy. I mean, I mean, you probably can tell that that guy's not 250 an hour. Yeah. It should be concurrent with your, yeah, it should be concurrent with either your client list or mm-hmm. what you've accomplished in the industry. Exactly. If I told you, you know, well, actually take a couple of people we know. Uh, if you go to a Ben Bruno and he gives you, okay, I charge X amount of dollars. I don't know what Ben charges, 250, 300, 400, whatever it is. You can also look at Ben's client list and he trains Clay Thompson. He trains Chelsea Handler. He trains Phil Rosenthal. Like you could say, okay, he's worked with a bunch of people. You could do the same thing with Greg. You could do the same thing with Gunnar Peterson. Like there's some pedigree that comes along with the higher price. If someone's yeah. charging a high price, like if you're a lawyer and you're charging a high ticket item, but the but biggest see, thing you've ever involved yourself. Guys, Bobby, those are the guys that you just named, like Ben Bruner. I forgot about Gunner. You know, they're great at what they do, but they're not for me. Yeah. Right. They, don't, they, right. don't, they don't, they don't do volume work. They don't do. So I don't care if they, if they charge me a hundred dollars an hour. Yeah. No, but just, my, my point with that mm-hmm. though, was those guys also, you see the big price tag, but they yeah. also have a resume. To back well, it I'll, up. I'll add on to that Correct. as well. If if you sit down and interview Gunnar Peterson, like you're going to understand where his value comes from. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like n- number one, me just as a trainer sitting down and talking with that man, it's like, you're going to learn some stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and just in that experience, you'd be like, okay, so if I were to hire this guy, that's what I'm getting for that money. That's yes. what separates him from the kid over at Anytime Fitness who just got his ACE certification last weekend. Well, and right. To give you another example, Sarah, there's a guy, Mark Palfrey in England, who I'm friends with, who's worked with anybody who's anybody in the quote unquote fitness bodybuilding industry. Like if you're a woman in England and you want to get your pro card, you go see Mark Palfrey. He might be a good fit for you. But my point is his dollar price, his ticket item, whatever you want to call it. He's also got a huge client list. 
He's also got the trophies. He's also got the professional recommendations. Like it goes along with that price. What's his name? His name's Mark Palfrey. Palfrey? He, he, yeah, Palfrey. But he's worked with anybody who's in your IFBB fitness pro. You want to make it to the show. You go talk to him. Yeah, yeah. so if I, if I decide to compete next week, next, not next week, next year, um, I, I will. I will talk to him. He'd be a person um, I want to talk to. At the very least, he could point you who to work with because yeah. he's got the he's got the professional. That's my point. He's got the professional resume. He's worth his salt, you know. So, and when, yeah. when you walk in and, and you say, "What do you charge?" You don't get sticker shock because that's that's what it costs. Yeah, you know what it yeah. is. Now, yeah. I have one more kind of question for you, Sarah. You're a person that can write your own programming. You're a person that trains on your own. I can't write my own programming, but go ahead. If you give yourself some credit, you know exactly what you're doing. Why don't you just hire somebody to put you through a workout? Or have you ever done that? Where you give them the program, you tell them what you're doing, and they are there to plate load, mm -hmm. give you a pat on the back, fetch your water. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I try to bring that and... You know, it got to be, uh, I'll tell you why it didn't work because your body starts to change and someone, um, ideally you want the same person that is executing to be writing your program, ideally, because that program needs to be changed. And so based on how long it takes for your free to plateau on that program, you know, it's harder for you to then take it. It's, it's just, it's hard because it's not under one roof, so right? There, there, there's, there's a phrase I know you're familiar with from the, from the legal standpoint, but the, you know, the person who represents themselves as a fool for a client, you say the same thing about coaching. If you're trying to coach yeah. yourself, you have a fool for a client because you, you are going to fall into your biases. You are going to fall into, like you said, not wanting to do legs. So you just don't write it into your own program and you need somebody else who can hold yeah. your feet to the fire. And And if there was one theme that I see running through this entire conversation that we're having it's that you should treat your fitness with the same dignity and respect that you would treat your life facing a murder charge you would not go cheap on a lawyer you would interview them you would get recommendations you would do your homework before you yeah. agreed do the same thing with your fitness why is your fitness less important you should hold it to that standard yeah no definitely you got to do your homework and you know it's always like you start with the need you start with the problem pinpoint what it is you're trying to accomplish your goal, then do the research, then do the homework because I, I, just somebody saying this person's great. He, he only charges me 150. Uh, he, he has time in the morning. Those are not, I mean, they're important, but you really need to be able to connect and know that this person yeah. will execute what you need, you know, and, and, um, and I have needed different things at different points in my life. I haven't always been into volume work, you know? And so, you know, if, if, if I want to go back to any of those old goals, I'd probably be looking for somebody different, you know? So goals change. And so do your trainers, like ultimately who you need to, to work with. On that note, let's assume you're a good fitness client. How would you be as a legal client? Like if you got yourself in some trouble and had to hire a lawyer, Gosh. how would you be as a legal client? Because Joe just said you can't represent yourself. So what, what, what are we dealing with with you? I'd be a terrible client because, right. because I would want to tell you what to do. And it's not my business to tell you what to do because I'm a client. I'm not All a right. lawyer. The worst thing is like, 
the worst thing is, is trying to keep your claws on something that you, you know, not being able to surrender, uh, because you know too much, you Mm -hmm. know, but lawyers have represented themselves very badly. So that's not a good, uh, it's not a good plan. Isn't this guy though? Yes. Yes. He looks very very wise. He's got the whiskers. (laughs) So I hope your viewers got something out of this that, um, helps people pick the right fit, you know, Mm -hmm. for fitness. Um, and not fall into these traps of like cute Instagram photos and, you know, um, this guy's great. And, but by the way, I also, I'm also snob with, um, how my trainers look, uh, there, there are, there right. are trainers who are great trainers who know what they're doing, but I just, I can't, I can't, I can't have somebody train me who has like fat man boobs. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I, I don't blame you at all. I've said this for years. It doesn't, it doesn't mean you don't know what you're talking about, but I'm inspired by somebody that leads by example. Exactly. I'm inspired by somebody that that lives what they preach. Knowledge yeah. is one thing, but that's not the only reason I hire a trainer. That's I want to be motivated. I want to want to get a kick in the ass. I want to look up to the person. I'm with you hundred percent. Like, don't yeah, tell me about it's, diet. It's not even being it's snobby. Like you said, it's that I want, I want to know that you are of the same mindset. You have the same discipline because yeah. you look that way. It motivates me. It's yeah. more motivator than it is, um, you know, being, being snobby. But yeah, that's another thing. So, but don't just look for that because there are people that look fantastic, but they suck, you know? Yeah, but <laughs> don't, don't think that also doesn't extend to other industries. Yeah. Yes. Like if I'm hiring a lawyer, I want a lawyer that looks good coming to court, yeah. that is organized, that has a nice office, that like there's yeah. things that I, I would look for that I look want. For that. I don't want somebody showing up to court that hasn't had a shower and hasn't put an outfit together yeah. and yeah. doesn't, like that's something that's important to me. I think it's a yeah. representation of who you are as a person. 100%. This has been a lot of fun, Sarah. Thank you for coming on. So much fun, you guys. It was so good seeing you. It was good. It was good. And, and I expect you fully to be training other people one of these days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> With your... Because at the Maximus, at the Maximus gym.